Hey, everybody, welcome back to Radio Ryan Presents Three Ringos, a Beatles podcast. I'm your host, Radio Ryan, one of the three Ringos, joined by my other two Ringos, Tyler Finney and Harrison Zyberg. Could you please sound off and make a Ringo noise? Happy to be here. All right, good. All right, we've done that bit the exact same way we did it the last time we did it, so that'll, that'll work out well. Uh, today's episode is a special mini episode uh, to prepare you for the upcoming White Album fiasco slash bonanza. Um, we're going to be talking about the Yellow Submarine album. This is uh, a soundtrack that the uh, the Beatles did for their Yellow Submarine animated movie that they were like marginally involved in. Um and there's a couple new songs that we're going to talk about, but there's only four and one single and it's B-side that we'll be talking about. So only six songs today, a shorter episode than usual, just to just to satiate your Ringo appetite. Um, so before we talk about the songs themselves, let's talk about a history of this Yellow Submarine album, which was recorded before the White Album, which is why we're talking about it now, but it was released after. So um, it's 1967. Um, late 1967, and uh, the Beatles have just made their landmark album, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, which we just talked about, and Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, so they're exiting their psychedelic phase, but they're not quite out of it yet, but they're on the way out. Um, but if you remember from a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Help and uh, Hard Day's Night, the Beatles had signed a three-film contract with EMI Pictures. That was when they thought they were going to be big movie stars. Uh, but now at this point in their careers, they're like, we don't want to make movies. We want to just focus on our music. But they signed a contract and they needed a third film. So what they did was they made an animated movie called Yellow Submarine. Uh, and the Beatles were asked to voice their uh, characters in it. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And then they never did it. And so other people voiced the Beatles, except for like one scene at the end. So the Beatles were not involved in it. And surprisingly, it is considered their best movie because it's like a children's movie. It's this fun, trippy, animated thing. All the Beatles liked it. And they were like, oh, I would have voiced my character if I knew it was going to be good. Um, and they were asked to provide songs because they'd done the full like album length soundtracks for the last two films. But the Beatles were in this weird sort of uh, lazy phase at the end of 1967. They were like, we just made Sgt. Pepper's. It's like the greatest album ever. And Magical Mystery Tour, you, they, they did a good job. But some of it, people were like, are you really trying your hardest? And then by Yellow Submarine, they were like, OK, you really aren't even putting your best effort in. Because they were like, look, we're sort of done with psychedelic stuff. This was before, you know, as we'll talk about in the White Album episode, their full return to sort of the rock and roll sound. But they're sort of at a bridge period of, do we want to make psychedelic music anymore? Do we want to switch over to rock again? So they ended up supplying four songs instead of the full album that they did for Hard Day's Night and Help. Uh, so basically, if you go on the Yellow Submarine soundtrack album, like if you went on Spotify or picked up the record, the first half is all Beatles songs. But the first song is the Yellow Submarine song from Revolver, which we've already talked about. And the last song is All You Need Is Love which we already talked about. So there's only four new songs to discuss. And then the second half of the album is George Martin, their producer doing orchestral work for the film soundtrack. And it's just like, you know, it's like if you were like, oh, I really want the Black Panther soundtrack, but you get the Black Panther score, 
by accident and it's just like all the battle music and like dun 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 and you're like oh this is not what i wanted um no not dissing any scores i'm just saying it's that type of music um so we only have four songs to discuss from yellow submarine and we're also going to be disgusting disgusting we're going to be discussing a single that was, that a, was that a freudian slip but uh, no none this? of these songs are disgusting we will also be disgusting yeah we will be disgusting during the recording uh, we'll just be really sloppy um we'll also be discussing a single that came out around this time that was recorded with these songs the a side of which is the very famous uh lady madonna and the B side of which is George Harrison's The Inner Light, which almost nobody's ever heard. So six songs total. Are you guys ready to get started? Always. I have never been more ready. In my- no, yeah, I'm pretty ready. Okay. Um, I'm glad we're coming in with the appropriate level of enthusiasm as we discuss the songs of the Yellow Submarine song track. Uh, as as I said before, sort of between these two huge milestones of the Beatles, which is the Sgt. Pepper's psychedelic phase and the Let's Go to India white album phase. This is sort of the little stepchild of those. Uh, so the first new song after Yellow Submarine is called Only a Northern Song. This is uh, by George Harrison. This is, fun fact, the only um, Beatles project where George Harrison is tied for the lead of new songs made. He's got two, Lennon's got two, and Paul McCartney's got one. Um, he, he, he had to do it on the shortest Beatle release, but he did it. Uh, Only a Northern Song is kind of a satirical thing. Uh, the Beatles uh, music publishing company was called Northern Songs. And so by calling it Only a Northern Song, it was kind of like, this is just another one. So you can sort of tell the mood right off the bat. Um, it's sort of like... Uh, poking fun at the same thing that he poked fun at in Taxman, where the Beatles are getting like 5% of their royalties or something stupid while Northern Songs is making a lot more. Um, so it's sort of out of that similar frustration that he creates only a Northern Song. And uh, what did you guys think of it? I think I thought it was fine. Like I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I think it seemed like it's... It makes sense that it was satirical because when I listened to it, I, I wrote down that it sort of seemed like they weren't really trying, but maybe that was, I mean, that could be true, but so you pointed out that people sort of thought that about Yellow Submarine, at least in a big general way, but it just sort of seemed like, oh, they were not, this was not their, like, I don't think they were like breaking a sweat over writing this song. It just sort of seemed like one that they threw in there and it was just fine. Like, it's not bad, but I'm not really going to go back and listen to only a Northern song. Yeah, I'd say I pretty much agree. Um, clearly, this was when they were still very steeped within like their psychedelic period. So you hear a lot of like lingering like horns and stuff like that, which I think is neat. I think the lyrics, I, I find it funny how self-aware they are because um, I feel like I haven't really heard that to this point from George. George's songs have been like, even though he wrote a song like Taxman, um, I feel like it stemmed more within like a like a societal point of view where this is just kind of like, like I'm a little pissed off and I'm just going to write about that, um, which is refreshing to hear. I, I agree with Harrison that I don't know if it's a song that I go back to a ton, but I like uh, that the lyrics are more self-aware than I anticipated them being. So, yeah. I'll know we'll get into like listings of stuff later of greatest songs, but like, I think just the obscurity of this song means it doesn't even crack like the top hundred of it. 
So like it's not a bad song, but it's just like a song. It's a uh, yeah, I kind of agree with the point that it's a bit of a, a sleeper in the sense that it's you sort of forget about it. Um, there, there's some uh, discussion about George's career at this point where he's sort of in this phase around while Paul McCartney and uh, John Lennon are having this big writing surge in like the psychedelic period. George Harrison is kind of falling out of uh, interest of being a Beatle. And this is before, uh, as we'll talk about in the White Album episode, he goes to India and he learns the sitar and he sort of picks up a lot of interest in music again. This is sort of, he's not in a great mood. Uh, he's sort of bemoaning his music experiences up to this point. And I think that sort of attitude reflects in the song in a not entirely positive way. Uh, I think it's pretty forgettable and it doesn't get us off on the best start, but mm. we'll keep chugging along. Is there, have you seen the movie, Ryan? I have seen clips, but not the full thing. I was just wondering if like the songs within context of the movie they're make not, them better. Or? They're not meant to like, they didn't see the movie before they made the songs. Oh, okay. So they just like wrote songs and said, Here's yeah, they were like, put it in the movie. And yeah. if you've seen the clips from the movie, it kind of is like the movie has a bit of a plot and then it kind of breaks into animated music video and then goes back to the plot. It's a little weird. Yeah, I, it, I've seen the movie, actually. Um, it's, a, it's a neat time. I have, I have the post in my room. Uh, the animation is really cool. And I don't specifically remember how they integrated the songs, but I guess I didn't have much of a problem with it when I saw it, I guess. Um, I just remember but, it being really cool. So. But it has the certified Tyler Finney neat rating. So it is neat. That's, that's pretty high. I give it a neat out of 10. I would gladly see it. Again. All right. Knowing that it's neat, uh, we have some more. We're be, we've been rejuvenated. And we move on to um, All Together Now, which is a Paul McCartney song. Uh, it was supposed to be on Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, that was when it was recorded. And then they were like, we don't like this. And he was like, I'll put it on something. And they put it on Yellow Submarine. So really for Yellow Submarine, they only recorded like three new songs. So they had already done this one. But um, All Together Now is sort of a yet lighthearted uh, children's sing-along type thing um, that is a bit uh, reminiscent of a couple songs that the Beatles have already done. Um, and Paul McCartney said he saw early cuts of the film and was like, or they told him it was going to be children's. And he's like, I wanted to make a kid's song. So it's another children's uh, tune. Uh, what do you guys think of All Together Now? You know, it's a cute song. It's definitely very simplistic, and that which is fine because it's intended for children. Um, I actually I had heard covers of this in like yogurt commercials and stuff, so I didn't realize that it was a Beatles song until now. But re seeing it on there, I think it makes sense as a Paul song because he tends to find uh, himself drawn to ones that kind of remind him more of his childhood. Some that some that kind of blend uh, like the cadence of like a nursery rhyme with. Everyone knows Paul's lifelong love of yogurt. <laughs> yeah he's a big fan um yeah i think that generally though with his like more nursery rhyme type stuff stuff like maybe like your mother should know or when i'm 64 like there's a little bit more of a poignancy there which wasn't quite here which is fine because i don't think it was aiming for it but it didn't grab me quite like those so i think it's a cute song um i think it's pleasant doesn't really grab me a ton but i respect that it's that it exists yeah i think i have to i wrote in my notes this is a Beatles song question mark and I thought this was a jingle 
So I was just really surprised when I heard it and I was like, oh, this isn't like, I must have also seen the same yogurt commercials as Tyler and been like, whoa, I didn't realize this was a Beatles song. But like, yeah, it's, I said, I really like the acoustic part and just, it's nice, you know, it's just a nice song. It's not great, not awful, just it's nice. Again, probably doesn't crack the top 100. I think that's probably a safe assumption of their 200 plus songs, but like, it's not bad. Yeah, I I think of this song as like, uh, sort of the same way that you guys have said uh, it's a fun little ditty but in the terms of Beatles songs that I actually want to listen to I would rank this pretty low as well so what Harrison's saying is that it, it feels sort of inconsequential to me um, it's not necessarily bad but it's like this isn't the type of music that I want when I'm trying to listen to Beatles songs I wonder if like I wonder how much more money the Beatles made off of this being in commercials than they made off of like selling that like really any of their other albums i i honestly have no idea i must confess i have not seen the yogurt commercial but um i'll i'll call up ringo and see what what he thinks fake fan haven't seen the yogurt commercial (laughs) ryan i don't i'm gonna be honest like morally i don't know if i can be on this podcast (laughs) if you don't eat yogurt bro this part of this out this podcast is titled three girts (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah you love the beatles oh yeah name three yogurts <laughs> you'll Do play it. oh god damn it uh uh greek uh you're not allowed roman, to say greek. <laughs> uh holy roman empire okay um after all together we're halfway done believe it or not um uh, with our yellow submarine new with only, but with, we've only gone through one of our yogurt themed bits <laughs> i know unfortunately that is the last you'll hear of of a yogurt themed song guys listen podcast. to the rest in the rest of our episodes we mentioned yogurt at least like three times an episode <laughs> wait wait until let it be wait until it okay um coming out of nowhere uh it's one of my favorite Beatles songs of all time i know this might be weird that this sort of little b-side not b-side but deep cut song from yellow submarine comes out of nowhere but I honestly think Hey Bulldog is like in contention for my favorite Beatles song of all time. Um, I think this song's awesome. I think it like is one of their best rock and roll songs. Um, and it has a fun story behind it. So as we'll discuss later, the Beatles have this song called Lady Madonna that gets released as a single. And they say, hey, can you go in the studio and play Lady Madonna? And we'll record it and make it a promotional video, these sort of early music videos. And they were in there and Paul McCartney and John Lennon were kind of bored. And they're like, I don't want to just sit here miming Lady Madonna. And they're like, what if we just made a new song right now? And John Lennon's like, yeah, I got one lying around. Let's record it right now. And so if you watch the promotional video of Lady Madonna, they are clearly singing Hey Bulldog, but Lady Madonna is being played. Um, This song was originally called Hey Bullfrog. It was originally called She Can Talk to Me. Um, there was just a lot of, uh, different ideas being thrown around. And then at the end, John and Paul start barking at each other. There's, they're clearly at sort of the high point of their friendship, uh, which is good to hear before the, uh, the, the things go down that they do in history. But, uh, I want to know what you guys thought of Hey Bulldog after I gassed it so much. I, I really like this song. I didn't write many notes down, I think, which is usually a sign of me being surprised and really liking a song. Um, but yeah, it's, like, it's a great musical opening. I, it may be a bit hard to understand some of the vocals sometimes, 
but it's just it's just a really great song, song and i think i agree with you it's sort of like a weird sleeper that no one's ever heard about it just sort of comes out of nowhere like it has no right to be as good as it is like i know i'm i'm open to criticizing anything that i like but this is like i'm i was surprised that i liked this song so much and how good it was especially to be the third track on yellow submarine album yeah i thought it was a like a definitely a welcome jolt of energy here after the last two the piano intro was great i like the melody of the dun, 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 dun. it's almost like this cool like spy theme or something that echoes throughout the whole song which i think is really fun um the guitar riff is great i think especially the song comes together for me when at the chorus when he goes you can talk to me i just think that really really ties everything together nicely um it's a, it's a cool song i i appreciate that like i can find like that really specific beatles song that you're into um that hasn't been mentioned a lot like it like i feel like you can understand rocky raccoon for me a little bit more now um so. i don't i don't want to acknowledge that but uh... <laughs> yeah let's not Let's... Oh, when, when we eventually get to that <laughs> i haven't heard it yet but i've heard it's good so um i don't want to acknowledge it because i hate rocky raccoon um anyways i think this song's amazing i love this song so much uh i think her solo in this song is insane and the, the, this album i forgot to mention has kind of some mysteries surrounding it in terms of production because the beatles were a like lazy enough to not record who did what so nobody really knows who did the the guitar solo on hey bulldog it's officially listed as george because george said you know george is the lead guitar player but george said paul did it and paul said it was either me or john and it's just sort of conjecture over who did what i think is like the beatles greatest guitar solo um i think it's so fun i think it's so um it's like janky. It kind of feels like the Beatles are like taking over a saloon and playing like a crazy rock song. I just really, uh, I really enjoy Hey Bulldog. Um, we have another mysterious song right after it called It's All Too Much, another George Harrison song. Um, the, uh, the mystery in this song is at the beginning, John Lennon just kind of says something and then the guitars kick in. And a lot of people think it says to your mom, or to your ma, or to your much. People don't really know. And it's the Beatles are one of the only bands where John Lennon could just go to your ma, and people would be like, what does he mean? Um, it's probably nothing, but it's a fun little way to kick it off. Um, it's All Too Much is this sort of psychedelic acid rocker uh, by George Harrison. I, I would put it next to uh, Hey Bulldog in the sense that it's sort of an underrated uh, overlooked fun rock song but um while i really like it i don't think it's on par with hey bulldog but what do you guys think i really enjoyed this song i think surprisingly especially because it's like i'm not usually into the acid rock sound as much as other people but you know a, i thought i had really great guitar stuff and like the musical aspects were really strong i think sometimes the vocals lost it a bit for me even though even those like they grew on me but i've probably was the weaker part of the song, but I thought it was like really, really good. Um, and even though it was sort of a longer song than I thought it was gonna be, it pulled through or like a lot of, at least a lot of early Beatles songs, I think you could have shaved off 30 seconds and it would have been better. I feel like this song, like it was a bit longer than I thought it was gonna be, but it stuck with it. And I, I just really enjoyed it, which is also surprising because I've never heard of this before. 
And it's sort of like, hey, Bulldog versus weird sleeper song that no one ever talks about. But it's like, it just shows you how, how deep their catalog is and also how good their catalog is. Yeah, this has got to be my favorite on here, definitely. I really like the groove of this one. Like you said, the kind of acid rock, the acid rock touch to it means that like, I thought the percussion, the guitar feedback throughout gave it like a really unique sound uh, just for the Beatles in general. Like, I feel like I hadn't really heard them dip their toe specifically in this kind of psychedelic mode. I think sometimes with their Sgt. Pepper work, it was more kind of dreamy. And this was almost like waking up out of a dream while still maintaining that psychedelic feel, which I thought was great. I love the addition of the horns, you know, I'm a sucker for that. Um, this is one of those songs as well, where I can hear how they influenced groups like Tame Impala. Like I can hear like a lot of like inner speaker, especially on this. Um, and there's a line in here about like the whole world is birthday cake. So take a piece, uh, but not too much, which I thought was like a really clever thing that stuck in my mind. I thought this was really, really good. I was definitely a fan of this one. I like uh, it's all too much a lot. It's a fun rock song. It's a bit of a psychedelic banger. I think there's a lot of fun George wisdom uh, in these uh, lyrics, even though they're sort of. Uh, more fun, as Tyler pointed out, and I think it's an it's another one of many George songs that I think doesn't get the credit it deserves, but uh, I think it's very good. Uh, okay, so that's that's the new songs on Yellow Submarine. Uh, those four, uh, I know it was a real roller coaster, but uh, before we move on to the single, what did you guys think of these uh, four songs? Do you think they're up to Beatles quality? Did you see sort of the perceived lack of effort here? Um, how would you rate this four-song output opposed to uh, other things we've listened to? Uh, give me your thoughts. I think if they followed this trend of like two really good songs and two like mass songs, this probably would have been their, obviously it wasn't a full album, but if it was a full album, it probably would have been the weakest since... I don't even know since like, since their early period, at least. Like, according to I forget Ryan your exact uh, album categorization of early, mid, late. Basically, basically, early was everything up through Help, and then the psychedelic middle stuff was um, Rubber Soul through uh, through this, I guess. Then mm. this definitely would have been if this was a full album. It would have been their weakest, not ever, but since like since their early period but with that since it's not a full album on its own merits it's like it's pretty good it's not like it's surprising that on a movie they didn't really care about they still came up with two really good songs i think it's a bit funny that the songs don't relate to the movie at all they just sort of wrote them for it which is sort of it sort of just shows what the beatles could do when people would still be like whatever fine people will like it because it's beatles stuff but yeah i think like it's 50-50, overall pretty strong, but not great because they have sort of two weird mess songs in it. Yeah, I would pretty much agree. I think that, um, like, especially with Hey Bulldog and It's All Too Much, those are the type of songs that I think, and even the um, the previous two, though not the strongest, could probably fit more comfortably on another project, but they're not enough on their own to sustain a project on its own. Um but having said that, on their own, they're like all the very least enjoyable pieces of music. Plus, there's the fact that Yellow Submarine and All You Need Is Love on here, which obviously those are on separate projects. But um, I think automatically does raise the batting average. Um, 
So, but of the original songs they recorded here, I think Hey Bulldog and especially It's All Too Much are both really solid and you could make them um, like really good singles. I feel like at the very least, if you're not going to put them on a project. So, you know, and I, I know you mentioned film scores at the beginning. I definitely have an appreciation for film scores. So while I wouldn't always like go out of my way to listen to them, I appreciate the fact that from what I've listened to, George Martin did a really nice job of kind of fitting the atmosphere of the movie with them and sounds very cinematic. It's, it's just it's just sort of interesting that you can make a pretty strong argument that out of everything the Beatles put out, all the albums, all the singles, you can probably make a good argument for their the best Beatles song ever being on like every single like People can be like, oh, I think the best Beatles song, and they can really list any album, and there's going to be a song that they're, you could make a valid argument for being the best Beatles song. Mm. Even on this, like Ryan, you said with Hey Bulldog is your favorite. Like, you, you can make that argument, and it's a valid argument. It just, I guess, shows the quality that really on every album you can make the argument for at least one song. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with what you guys have been saying. Um, I think Tyler's idea is if it being a single is right on. I think otherwise it sounds pretty forgettable, but if you pulled out Hey Bulldog, the inner light as, uh, not an inner light, that's the song I'm talking about next. Uh, it's all too much as an A side, B side. I think it would have been on par with any singles. Uh, and I think Harrison, you were saying pretty much exactly what I was thinking. This might be my least favorite for, I mean, it's not a full length project, so I can't really rank it, but um you know, there's two songs on here that I just think are pretty forgettable, and then two songs on here that are great, including Hey Bulldog, which is like a top five Beatles song for me. Um, and it shows the quality of their uh, their stuff that John was sort of not even interested in this project at all, and then threw in uh, what might be my favorite John Lennon song ever in uh, in Hey Bulldog. So pretty, pretty cool stuff um, going on here, even if it's not our most favorite Beatles project. Um, I kind of don't even really count this as a project, to be honest, like not, not to like invalidate and say like, it's so bad that it wouldn't be, it just doesn't feel like it builds to a lot, I guess, which I guess is the one thing that's united all the projects for me. It, it really isn't an album. It's really just a couple songs thrown together. So mm-hmm. I think it's a little unfair to rank it um, amongst the rest, but we must go on. Uh, okay, only two more songs to do, um, and that is the Lady Madonna single, and it's Beside the Inner Light. Uh, Lady Madonna is a pretty famous Paul McCartney song. It's a piano-based rocker, a bit like Hey Bulldog, uh, that, as you know, the... Uh, promotional video was you know connected to this uh lady madonna has paul mccartney singing in what some people have called like an elvis style um but he's and john lennon uh came together to write the song about um this like hard-working mom i guess um paul mccartney has said it's about you know various things um but mostly like a working class woman and single mother. And he said he didn't even think about that. He was listing pretty much all the days of the week, except I think Saturday. Um, he just like, that's just how it naturally happened. And uh, John Lennon uh, in his characteristic style summarized it as a good piano lick, but the song never really went anywhere. Uh, maybe I helped him on some of the lyrics, but I'm not proud of them either way. Uh, so that's John being John. And uh, Paul being Paul on Lady Madonna, what did you guys think of this Beatles classic? 
I actually I I I'm a big fan of Paul's vocals, and I don't think this song served him vocally very well. And I was surprised. I know it's a classic song, and I've listened to it a bunch throughout however many years I've been listening to the Beatles. And I just when I was like on examination, when I was actually trying to listen to it, I thought instrumentally it was there, like it was strong, but then Paul's vocals just weren't. I don't know. They just, I didn't feel like they were up to par for me, which is like weird because I didn't. It was such a, it's such a classic song, and I think Paul McCartney when he's in concert will still play this, and it's like still something that people look forward to. I remember during early COVID when they had this big online like full day of concert stuff. Paul McCartney, this is the song he chose to sing for the world, which was surprising because I thought he'd sing a billion other songs, but like he sang Lady Madonna, so it's he must love it as well. But for me, it's just like it's just. Now the vocals aren't there. Yeah, um, I thought this was all right. I like when, you know, the Beatles are able to kind of venture into their their bluesier side. And you can definitely tell that uh, John and especially Paul really enjoy getting to do that uh, at the end of certain albums. Um, I, I do somewhat understand John's, what he said about how not really building too much, because I don't know if there's a ton of like, ideas here not that they necessarily has to be for it to be like an enjoyable song because i think it fits that fine but um i don't know i guess for me it it i feel like it feels more like like something that like a solo paul would make which isn't a diss to it because he made a lot of great stuff in his solo career but it doesn't really feel like a beatles song it feels more like um a paul mccartney song rather than a song that paul mccartney wrote and performed for the beatles Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. Um, I, this is one of those Beatles classics that is a little underwhelming when we're viewing it under this critical sort of lens and we've compared it to all these other big ones. Uh, I like Lady Madonna. I think it's really fun, but I do agree that, you know, that you have all these Paul McCartney songs that have a lot to say and are really complex musically and are really uh, interesting and... Um, you know, uh, complex and I feel like I just am restating everything, but basically you have a lot of like famous Paul McCartney songs that have a lot to say are musically complex and give you a lot of like emotional meaning. And Lady Madonna is more just kind of a fun song, which is fine, but I also don't think it's up to the par of some other like big fun songs. So I, I get why it's popular and why it's a famous Beatles song. And I do really like it, especially the, um, the, see how they run sort of triple mm -hmm. harmony there but mm -hmm. uh i think it it's a little underwhelming after a re-listen and i guess the only like real positive to what we can all sort of agree is like a okay to good song is that it does it shows you the range of the beatles even within an ep or an album like that is sort of i'm not gonna say allowed them because they were just all creative and a lot of different ideas but i think you don't at least from my musical knowledge of modern day stuff, you don't really see an equivalent of this diversity of music, of song type uh, in really any modern band, at least like even within the same album or really over their career. Like most bands sort of have a signature sound now where the Beatles don't really, like they can just sort of do whatever and they can still come up with classic songs. And I could be totally wrong about anything about modern music because my knowledge sort of peters out after the eighties. But from what I've, uh, what I've, gathered from the radio okay that's lady madonna and i'm glad we all uh shared our opinions on it and did our due diligence for this podcast and our last song of the day is it's b-side the inner light which is a george harrison song a lot of george today 
Um, this is one of the only, I think maybe the only Beatles songs that was made outside of uh, Europe. And it uses a lot of instrument instruments to, it was made in Bombay. And it's sort of, uh, which is now Mumbai, I think, technically. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very Indian-inspired song. A uh, Star Trek episode was named after it. And uh, I don't have much else to say about the inner light before we get into what you guys thought of it musically. Um, yeah, I liked it. I like the, I think the use of sitar here, George has just been getting more and more inventive with how he uses it since he's first started to use it. Um, it sounds really nice here. Um, the song as a whole has definitely like a hypnotic and peaceful vibe, which I think it was definitely, uh, purposeful. So I think it achieved that. Um, it has like, uh, funny enough, this song kind of made me realize that I think George and John are the two Beatles with the most similar vocals, I guess. Each of them are distinct, but initially when hearing it, even though there was sitar, I was like, oh, this is a John song. Interesting is using sitar, but no, it's George. Um, I like what he says in the lyrics as well about like the farther one travels, the less one knows and kind of his, he's sharing a little bit more of his philosophical side here. So I thought it was pretty good. I think I have to echo what Tyler said. I also, it's funny, I also get John and George's voices confused sometimes. Even in my notes, I'll be like, this is a really, like, good or bad John song. And I'll be like, Ryan will say, like, when George wrote this song, and it's deeply personal to him, I'll be like, oh, I guess I have to make a mental note of that. But yeah, I also really love the sitar. Like, I don't think it's his best song. I thought it was a, but I did think it was a strong vocal performance, which shows that George really did get better throughout the Beatles' career. I think we saw some plateauing of people with over various skills, but I think George's voice got better pretty much constantly throughout the Beatles career. And I'm sure afterwards, I haven't listened to all of his albums all the way through from post Beatles stuff, but his, cause his voice was sort of not, not bad, but like weak ish at the beginning of the Beatles. So it definitely got stronger. But yeah, like this is a good song. It's not my favorite George song, but I do think it's good. And I liked it. Yeah, I like this song. Um, musically, it's not the most interesting to me because it's not my favorite. You know, the Indian musical style that George takes isn't my favorite approach, but I like the lyrics a lot here. I see it as sort of similar to the Within You, Without You song from Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, sort of the message it gives off is something he says that's like, without going out my door, I can know all the blessings of heaven or something like that. And uh, it sort of talks about, you know, finding you don't have to go on these big trips to India like George will do uh, to sort of get this spiritual enlightenment that it is sort of within everybody. And that's what the inner light is. Um, and as I mentioned, there's a really good Star Trek episode that is basically about this concept where Picard like lives an entire life in his head or something. Uh, it's been a while since I saw it. Anyways, I think it's a decent song. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I think that sort of sums up my feelings towards most of the songs we discussed today with, uh, a couple exceptions it's just sort of eh, it's pretty good but nothing mind-blowing and i think that's why these batch of songs are usually uh, forgotten a lot of the time so i'm gonna say i think ringo should have learned to play the sitar i would have wanted to hear that it would have been interesting of course um that's our that's our mini ep a short little ditty for you all um as you may hear we certainly made it as long as possible with the amount of technical difficulties I had, but we are going to try our best to fix that and bring you the content you so desire. Um, 
any last thoughts on these batches of songs before we sign off for the big uh, white album extravaganza next? I just, I just think we have two predicting really great episodes ahead of us. I can just feel it. Well, you have some precognition going on for you there. Yeah, I, I really hope that we end up arguing about things. I think it'll really reflect our passion for the music. Um, and uh, yeah, and maybe we'll add somebody. Who knows? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe this episode had so little fire that we'll need to kick it up a notch next week for a big extravaganza with maybe a, a fourth Ringo. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this little mini episode of Radio Ryan Presents Three Ringos of Beatles Podcast on WCCS. We can call it Radio Network, and we will see you next time for our big two-part White Album extravaganza. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. And Harrison, please stop the recording.